Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Come on! You're listening to Heat Check from Trista Crick, Odyssey's official NBA podcast. Find that wherever you get your podcasts. And live all throughout free agency, summer league, and beyond. fourth without huge moves huge signings going on i need them i need them like air and i need them yesterday that's all that's all there that i need to say about that so let's move over forward to the kevin durant saga because we have to talk about it even though it's everywhere it's pretty surreal to think that kevin durant has finally asked to be traded officially that he said Hey, I'm sorry, guys. This thing's not working out. Is this the most monumental trade in NBA history, trade request in NBA history? This would be like if if Kobe Bryant asked out publicly. Because we know he tried to leave LA, but nobody knew until after the fact, right? It's bigger than Harden. It's bigger than Paul George. It's bigger than Kawhi. To me, the only thing on that level would be if, if, if Giannis or Steph asked out right now. And that would be absolutely insane and what's nuts is that the people in brooklyn and fans of the nets just don't seem to care whatsoever it's like they're so scarred of bad things happening to them that it's just like another tuesday it's just really like nothing is going on you blipped it's like you blink your eye you have three all-stars and top 15 players of our current day and now you have zero zero of them and then you've got ben simmons and um you're hopefully going to get some picks back that makes sense for you for Kevin Durant. I mean, this is so unprecedented. It literally hijacked all of free agency to the point where I think moves aren't even being made for DeAndre Ayton because we know that they're attached or connected to Kevin Durant, right? And should have been what should have been a discussion about like Bradley Beal or Levine or Ayton turned into just chaos, mass chaos. Wendy reported that over half the NBA has been looking to get Kevin Durant, and that was before free agency actually began. We discussed this as a possibility about two weeks ago. And rather than give you lots of speculation, I think I'm going to do something that we haven't seen yet. Outline really quickly how we got here. Going back to 2013, really, when all this began. What began, you might ask? The same thing that's happening Right now, the demise and crumbling of the Nets franchise as we know it. And it's not that very long after they made that the same disastrous trade that they do it again. Right. It was KG, 
It was Paul Pierce. It was Jerron Williams. It was Brooke Lopez. It was Joe Johnson. And if you look back on how that went down, it's pretty informative because history happens once as a tragedy and twice as farce. Because the second big three of Kyrie, Katie, Harden is connected, actually, to the first big three, in my opinion, of KG, Pierce, and Williams. So, okay. So, set your time machine back to 2013, Brock. The first attempt by this franchise to build a big three. They wanted to counter the heat. Stupid. Stupid. You should have known that LeBron James would go somewhere else because that's what he does. He runs from the grind, switches teams. So the Nets receive Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, DJ White, Jason Terry. Celtics receive Scrubs and a bunch of picks, 2014, 2016, rights to swap 2017 and 2018. In 2016, that pick becomes Jalen Brown. In 2017, that pick becomes Jason Tatum. In 2018, the Celtics had the number eight pick in the draft. That pick gets rerouted to Cleveland as a part of the trade that becomes Kyrie Irving. I cannot articulate to you how bad that trade was for the Nets and how bad this trade is for the Nets. What looked like, well, the Harden trade mostly, what looked like it was going to be Kyrie and Katie and a bunch of young players, right, with a great culture, turned into no players besides what they get for Kevin Durant, no draft picks besides what they get for KD, and a whole lot of chaos. Everyone wants to give their take on who to blame. Is it Kevin? Is it Kai? Is it Harden? Is it all three of them? And to me, I think you have to look back to how this all began, which is the mentality of getting superstars to win titles. If you look at it as a family, I think Josiah is essentially the father. He's made his billions because of Alibaba, a Chinese company, the Chinese Amazon. And Jack Ma currently, who started Alibaba, has a, a net worth of $9 billion, Josiah. He bought the Nets from a Russian oligarch named Mikhail Prokhorov in 2019. You probably remember Prokhorov because he was the one who did the Josiah thing and crashed the Nets the first time around. And he did this by not only throwing out huge contracts, but by making sure those star players get taken care of in every way possible. That's what Josiah decided he wanted to do, is to make a very concerted effort into turning the franchise into a fun house of NBA teams to attract star players to want to be there. Cy inherited Sean Marks as GM. Sean Marks was hired in 2016 and told Prokhorov he was an idiot. Yo, you're an idiot for trying to do this win now thing. He saw the franchise implode and hit just 21 wins. And he said, I was clear in our meeting that if you're looking for a quick fix guy like you did before, then I'm not the guy for you. He hired Kenny Atkinson, Sean Marks. He had this slow, methodical mentality about how to build a team. The Nets became a six seed. They had Jared Allen. They had Spencer Dinwiddie. They had Joe Harris. They had Karis LeVert. He turned Joe Harris into something. Torian Prince, D'Angelo Russell. This team was an absolute blast to watch. And then when Joe Sy bought the team from Prokhorov, 
win now, baby, was back on the table. So where do you think this mandate came from, given the fact that Sean Marks told Prokhorov, I'm not all about win now? For sure, Joe Sy, right? And from the beginning, it was like, let's go out and get big free agents. Kyrie KD came in 2019. Even though Durant was out the full year, he gets his full salary. Kyrie played 20 games and then went to the bubble and was like, yeah, I can't play in the bubble. Let's start our own league. Let's not even go to the bubble. Kyrie had Atkinson and KD had Atkinson. They pushed him out the door because they didn't want to run wind sprints, right? Just four days before coronavirus, four days before Adam Silver shut down the league, they fired Atkinson. Four days. Coach David Fisdale said this about the firing. When it comes to players with power, your front office has to be really strong. Your culture has to be strong to weather disgruntled players. Tell them kids to fuck off. Settle down. Their little hotheads can go sit in a corner somewhere. We're staying with Kenny Atkinson. He got us to that place. He also says this, you have to be a certain amount of support for your coach when things get turbulent. They wanted to appease those star players. So the, they allowed Kenny Atkinson to go out the door and then to choose the coach. They chose their teacher in Steve Nash. Star players didn't want a hard driving, developmentally focused coach when things weren't smooth from day one. How could they be smooth, Brock? Kevin Durant. Out a full year. KD played 20 games. A pandemic hit. What are we talking about? No gelling time. As KD, as Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving said, we just didn't have enough time to gel. Give us some time. By the way, fast forward. Papa Joe decides to do the same thing Prokhorov had done in 2013. As an aside, like I said, Prokhorov said, the the Paul Pierce Kevin Garnett deal was one of the biggest business regrets he's ever had in his whole life. Prokhorov, a Russian oligarch, when he says a trade is so bad that it's one of the biggest things that haunts him at night, a Russian billionaire, that's his biggest regret. Do you know what type of moves you need and deals you need to make in order to become a billionaire in Russia? As my mom would say, slit their mother's throat for a loaf of bread. Do you know what you need to do to be a billionaire? That's the thing he regrets most. Not all of the things that you need to do in order to acquire the billions in Russia. Nope. Those five first round picks or whatever it was that they had to give to the Boston Celtics, it was that. But this is not as bad as the move that Joe side demanded. So he lets the kids choose the teacher, a guy who is great, a guy who's a two-time MVP, never coached a fucking second in his life. Not once. They went from the strongest player development coach in the league to a guy who's never developed anything outside of a soccer ball. A guy who could be commentating an Edmonton Oilers game tomorrow. No shade. That's facts. How much respect did Steve Nash get when he entered the league? None. Zero. Immediately, Kyrie Irving told the world, 
I can be coach. I can be coach one day. KD could be coach. We're all pretty much coaches. Like, we're all players, former players. Who cares? Dan Tony's here. He lets us run everything we want. It's all good. Turns out it wasn't all good. Maybe you don't need a coach for a seven-time All-Star. But a guy right out of the SEC and, and Cam Johnson, Cam Smith, Cam Smith, get all the Cams confused. He needs to be told what to do. And there's nobody there to shepherd him. Guys like old Andre Drummonds of the world, the LaMarcus Aldridge's of the world, the Blake Griffins of the world, they need coaching to figure out their place in the ecosystem. If they didn't need coaches to figure out their place in the ecosystem and they could consistently be good, they wouldn't be role players. They'd be stars. Role players and veterans need coaching. If Gary Payton, let me ask you this. If Gary Payton II could be and was who he turned out to be with Kenny Atkinson and Golden State, he wouldn't have been sitting on any 10-day contracts, would he? He would have been Gary Payton II making $10 million a year as a role player in this league. Without that, he'd be still on his couch. In other words, the kids need rules. The kids need structure. We saw it when Russell Westbrook went to LA and there was no rules. Disaster, chaos. And we know star players make terrible GMs. Case in point, early in the 2020 season, James Harden, Kevin Durant in the summer start plotting. Harden decides he wants out of Houston. Kevin Durant knows Harden from days in OKC, as you know. And you might think Harden's to blame too, but I actually think Harden was the first one to suss out the things were bad in Brooklyn. Like, I need to get out of here. This is a dumpster fire. Like, the Titanic is ready to go. So in our Brooklyn Nets family analogy, think of James Harden's like the cousin who came to live there for the summer and thought maybe he'd stay for the school year and realized like, no, I got to go back home. And we know how the Harden trade went and how it all devolved because we've talked about it a lot. But Kyrie went on walkabout and Nash had zero explanation. He had not spoken to Kyrie. He didn't say there was anything wrong with it. He was so afraid to talk smack about his star player that we all knew that Steve Nash had no idea what the right moves were. Kevin Durant was hurt in that season. He played only 35 regular season games which is exactly how many games Harden played as well. Kyrie sprained his ankle, as we know, and they were one shoe print away from going to the Eastern Conference Finals, probably the finals. And that was the amazing thing, right? Because the fact that Kevin Durant played 53 minutes in that finals game is all you need to know about how Steve Nash manages his rotations and how close they came with those three at least somewhat in gel. A lot of quick fixes, trying to get Harden a Fix that turned out to not be so quick after all, right? Fast forward to this season because Kyrie doesn't get the vaccination and the state mandates, and we don't really need to go into that. He only plays. Also, Kevin Durant signs the max deal, thinking Kyrie Irving's going to get it. He signed it thinking that same summer Kyrie and him were going to be lined up with extensions and that Harden was going to be lined up with an extension. No, no, baby. No, no. Kyrie's offer gets rescinded. Harden pushes it off and says, I need to wait to see if I'm going to stay for the school year. Uh, summertime's still here, folks. I need to just sit back and wait. And I think Harden was the only one who saw what the fuck was happening because multiple times at pressers, Harden saying, 
to the world, I'm going to force Kyrie Irving to get vaccinated myself. Kyrie Irving comes back halftime and Harden's like, this is fucking outrageous. Like, I don't know what's going on. Andrew Wiggins, the Canadian, he's getting vaccinated. Why can't Kyrie? I don't know what is going on. Get me out of here. I need my hookah. I need a New Jersey. And I need to go up the street to Philadelphia. And that's the thing. You can't put all your eggs in one basket with no supporting cast. You can't hire an inexperienced coach and expect him not only to navigate egos, which he did okay, but also coach a bevy of young players and veteran minimum retreads, and then also be lying to the media simultaneously about all the crazy chaos that was happening behind the scenes. So then they trade Harden for Ben Simmons, who's not played a game in, I don't know, twelve over 12 months now. Then, of course, the Nets flame out in the first round, and now Joe Sy is done with Kyrie. Why are you done with Kyrie Irving now? You did everything to put him in a place to enable him to think that he could be the GM, that he could be the coach, that he could not play games, that he could sit out, that he could go on a walkabout, that he could wear no mask to his sister's birthday party and get suspended. All of these things that you gave him the power to do, and now you're like, he's fucking around with my money. And after that, it's clear that things need to be changed, and you need to put in some rules into place, and Kyrie Irving's not really wanting those rules to be in place. Daddy wants the kids now to have a curfew. Can they now, can you really blame them for saying, we haven't had a curfew this whole time, fuck off. We'll come home when we want to come home. So who's to blame? Everyone, but mostly Joe Sy. Mostly Joe, Joe Sy, because Kevin lobbied to get rid of Kenny, right? Kevin lobbied to bring in Steve Nash, right? He lobbied to trade the whole roster and a bunch of first round picks for an out of shape former superstar who you don't know if he can actually perform. And then when it goes south, he then lobbies to be traded. But you can say no every step of the way to those things. You can say no to getting rid of Atkinson. You can say no to Nash. You can say no to trading for Harden. And you can still have this roster in place. But what we miss in this all is that Kevin can't actually make those decisions, Kenny. That's, it's like when a kid gets fat, like, a, like you see childhood obesity. Do we blame the kid? No. It's the parents giving the kid the food. It's the people in place making sure that the kid is supposed to get nutrition or not. You can't have cake before breakfast, Kevin. I'm sorry. No, you cannot. Absolutely not. I don't care that you really want it. No, you cannot trade Jared Allen for four first and for four, for four first round picks for James Harden. I don't care that Kyrie Irving's on walkabout. We do not need another point guard. We need a rim protector. No, we can't. Put on, we can't put on DeAndre Jordan on our roster for $10 million a year. That's when I knew things were fucked up, right then. I was like, they get to bring their washed friend for $10 million a year? Wow. Do they run the team? Sheesh. So to me, this all falls on Joe's side. Kyrie's made bad decisions. KD's made bad decisions. Sean Marks is the GM. But Joe Sy is one of the most active decision makers in all of basketball ownership. And Joe Sy should take every single bit of blame. And you know what? Joe Sy is the one telling everyone who has season tickets, you're not getting any refunds. Joe Sy is the one who is saying, I have to keep some semblance of money for this dog shit franchise that I ran into the ground that nobody even cares about in their own city. And at the end of the day, he's going to do whatever it takes to preserve the value of his franchise and keep the money flowing. And maybe that means not trading Kevin Durant at all. And maybe that means finally saying, fuck you.
Where does this all go? Somehow I think Kyrie makes his way to the Lakers. And somehow I think they still don't make the playoffs. And third, I think the Brooklyn Nets will be a lottery team for a very long time, and they won't have their picks until the next two administrations from now. Two administrations from now. 2028, bro. That's when. I can hear Tillman Fertitta, the Houston Rockets owner, laughing in Houston all the way from District of Columbia. And you know what? Turns out the man with the shrimp forks, pretty smart. That he didn't want any he didn't want any players. He just wanted all those picks and all those pick swaps. That's all the time that we have for the heat check. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode from Summer League in Vegas. Follow us. For all the reviews of rookies that you can handle, I'm going to be going to every single game. I'm going to be talking to all of the reporters and beat people and newsbreakers, GMs, coaches, all of them. Do not forget to download, subscribe. Please tell your friends, every single one, and follow us on social at, at this heat check and Trista Crick on TikTok. Deuces, guys. Wish me a safe flight. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus